Uh, she returns to the movie star universe for just a moment, where Waymond is also there uh, at a fancy premiere, looking at her from afar up the stairs. <laughs> Ooh, this Ooh. Waymond. <laughs> Give me a moment. <laughs> Please take your time. Take your time. Maybe have some have some Pepsi. <laughs> I will. Let me just sip at my. Uh... <laughs> this Waymond is so glorious. He's just, I think he's my favorite Waymond because he's so, he's so wise, but you learn mm-hmm. that later on. He's so wise. Hello and welcome to Movie Struck, a podcast about movies and the people who watch them. I'm your host, Sophia Ricciardi, and I am joined today by Taku Tuber Kez. Kez, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for that. By the way, I just want to say your voice suddenly got very like professional and I love that. <laughs> yeah, That's I activated so my cool. customer service voice for this podcast. <laughs> oh my God, I feel that so much. <laughs> Anytime working for a customer. Hello, how can I help you? Yes, I used to answer the phones uh, for an admissions office. And when I started podcasting, I did realize there was a moment uh where instead of activating the voice I used to use on radio, I activated the voice I used when answering the phones. Uh, and I've made my peace with that since then, but <laughs> it's, it does pop up It's the realization. It's the realization. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, but Kez, I'm so excited to have you on the show. We met at VidCon a few months ago, and um, I have to ask you the question that I ask everyone at the top of the show. Oh, Why no. did we watch everything everywhere all at once? <laughs> Everything Everywhere All I Want, so, it's just a brilliant piece of cinema. Mm. Brilliant piece of cinema. It's gorgeous. It, like, <laughs> I made a video on it a, a, a while ago, and it, I literally, I'm looking at the script, and it says, a flipping great chaotic piece of cinema and needs to be appreciated. It does. Um, I want to put the little disclaimer at the top of this episode that there is no feasible way for me to summarize this in any way that will capture like a small percentage of just how good this movie is to watch and look at um so if you haven't seen it and you're on the fence go watch it then come back to this episode and enjoy the discourse because oh my gosh this movie is gorgeous (laughs) it's intense there's so many layers of interconnecting things everything kind of makes sense once you start watching it but you have to you have to watch it all the way through first, and then you can kind of contemplate on what it means, if that makes sense. But a great piece of cinema, though. Yeah, it, it really does leave you, uh, it leaves you thinking, for lack of a mm-hmm. better descriptor. Uh, I did do a written review of Everything Everywhere All at Once as one of the patron articles a while back on the Movie Struck Patreon. So if you're not a patron and you're thinking, hey, I want to read that, go check that out. Uh, but Do this will now. be a full, you know, regular episode. <laughs> go to the link in the show notes. Do it now. Uh, I'm shaking my mic a little bit. <laughs> Don't worry. Same. But, uh, <laughs> but we're still going to go through the regular episode here and uh, get some more perspective on the movie itself. And it starts... As we jump on in to everything, everywhere, all at once with a family laughing and bonding in the reflection of a mirror on a dresser. Uh, We sit in this moment, very uh, soft for a moment, until sharply we cut that in that same mirror, we now see a pile of bills and paperwork that one woman, Evelyn, Michelle Yeoh, is buried in. Just her as an actress is inspiring. (laughs) She's in so much. 
And like, one thing that I'm gonna say about her as an actress, she looks at a script first, and if it has mm-hmm. a meaning, and it's not just like, oh, she's a Chinese woman doing a thing. Yeah. It has to have a meaning. That's why she gets into the scripts and gets so involved. And they showed her this script, and she was already in. Like, oh, absolutely. she was already in it. And she's perfect casting for this role because she does have the sort of gravitas to carry off. Later in the movie, we'll see that this unassuming woman, Evelyn, is actually <laughs> in many other universes, skilled at many other things. And her extensive experience in the industry and in a variety of movies, not the least of which, you know, martial Talented arts films, uh, really helps carry <laughs> the performance later on. We'll get to that. Don't worry. Because uh, right now we're going to meet her husband, Waymond, who's coming to try and get her attention as uh, talking about something other than the receipts and bills she's going through. But she's, you know, too busy to really give him the proper attention. Um, she's rushing around trying to get everything uh, handled, trying to cook breakfast and do all sorts of chores and prepare for a party later that night as Waymond keeps trying to talk to her and she keeps brushing him off and off and eventually there is a shot where he stares forlornly at the subject of what he's trying to talk to her about the divorce papers he's holding in his hand their relationship it's not all solid (laughs) it's not joke sad it's not no and he's so sweet right off the bat um (laughs) he's my favorite character I could say this from the beginning yeah, they do a great job of really like endearing him to you immediately. Like you kind of understand the contrast between Evelyn's very business serious personality to his sort of taking life uh, light and uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Not carefree because he certainly cares happy go bit, lucky. But uh. <laughs> yeah, he's he's glass half full to her glass half empty kind of attitude. Mm. Uh, really set up in this scene. Did you know that Ki Kwan hasn't been acting for 20 years and then he walks really? in on set and does this piece of cinematic beauty <laughs> of his acting. Literally, he was in uh, The Goonies and in uh, uh, Indiana Jones as a mm-hmm. kid actor. Then he struggled to get roles. So he just left the acting community altogether, watched uh, Michelle Yeoh in, uh, well, what's the, Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. And is inspired to come back because he was just like, I'm an, I'm, I'm an Asian actor. Why wasn't I in this? Comes back to acting and this is his first role back after 20 years. Crazy. What a way to come back. Mm. <laughs> I'd be shocked if we don't start seeing him in more roles now because he did. And everyone in the, this movie is doing a great job, but Give him me and Evelyn a in particular, character. fantastic. <laughs> uh, and we'll meet a bit more of the cast now as Joy, their daughter, and her girlfriend Becky arrive for uh, the day—breakfast, lunch, dinner. There, it's kind of hard to situate them. It's pretty early in the morning at this point. Um, Evelyn just seems a little put out that there's un. Uh, Becky here, even as Waymond explains that she came to help take care of Gong Gong, Evelyn's father, Joy's grandfather, uh, who is also in the home right now. Evelyn and Joy talk about Becky and uh, Joy as she finishes making the noodles for breakfast. She's not completely cool with Becky being a woman. She messes up at one point, um, calling Becky he instead of she and she tries to play it off by saying like oh well in mandarin it was just one word ta uh which is a fun i don't get a lot of movies these days where i get to like 
know what people are saying the whole time without <laughs> subtitles, but I did study Mandarin for a while, and while I'm not mm. great at it, I understood enough to be able to like, cover it. Talk this about movie. the Mandarin. Like, <laughs> Talk about the Mandarin in this movie, though. It's so nice having a film that has just Chinese, sorry, Mandarin just added in, like along with the English mm-hmm. subtext, or along with the English language. I love movies. Like for a period of time, I did not watch. American movies, I didn't watch Netflix, I didn't watch, uh, like, any English movies. It was all Asian. I watched Korean shows, I watched Japanese movies, I watched Tokusatsu, which is where I am now with my content, and I watched Chinese movies. I was obsessed with that area, where at one point I was just not listening to even English, uh, to the English language. I was just listening to Chinese, Korean, and, and um, and Japanese. So, I I Mm -hmm. like... I like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think they do a good job, too, uh, of writing the Chinese dialogue in a way that it does feel like both that it flows with the English that's mixed in with it, but it also feels right to like the amount of Mandarin that the characters would be speaking to each other in any given scene. Mm. Um, I would compare it with, like, in Shang-Chi, they also speak Mandarin, and the Mandarin there is good, but I did kind of have this moment while watching it where I'm like, oh, all of the sentences they're saying in Shang-Chi are things that were in my, like, learning inter- integrated Chinese textbook volume two. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like I kind of could see where the dialogue was written here. Whereas here it does feel a bit more, um, if not complex, uh, diegetic to mm. the way that human beings speak, which is just another prop to the writing of this movie, which is excellent all around. It's one of those screenplays I would love to read, but I think if you had just shown it to me without having seen the movie first, I don't know if I would have known how to interpret it. This does kind of feel like a movie that had to mm. be directed by the people who wrote the screenplay. <laughs> The, the people who did the screenplay, though, like the Dan, not the Daniel, sorry, just Daniels, mm-hmm. they did an amazing thing with the casting, with the film. Their oh, yeah. vision for it was great. And even to the, the simplest moments of just the family integrating, uh, interacting with each other. Very mm-hmm. realistic. So We also find out in this scene that the meeting Evelyn and Waymond are rushing around to get to is an audit. They have to go to the IRS, very dreaded. Oh, no. Dun, dun, um, dun. And... Dun, dun, dun. Before they leave, Joy catches her mom as she goes to deal with something downstairs in the laundromat that they own and operate. Uh, Joy is upset that her mom doesn't seem to like Becky, and even as Evelyn insists that she does, uh, she's clearly not really listening to her daughter. She's rushing around, removing the googly eyes her husband put on top of the out-of-order washing machine. You know, that. just a little bit one of his jokes. <laughs> There'll be a recurring motif in this movie, Yay. so pay attention if you <laughs> clock them now. Uh She's like, it's not me who doesn't like Becky, but, you know, Gong Gong's from a different generation. He won't be cool with uh, your girlfriend. Um, And Joy just continues to follow her mom around as she returns upstairs to pick up the skirts of the very Valley Girl Jenny Slate character (laughs) who is here to pick up her laundry. Mm. Uh, She's got a little dog in a stroller. (laughs) That dog, man, that dog. (laughs) Paid actor. (laughs) Is it? I have to check. I'm not... Uh. As they talk, or more accurately, Evelyn complains uh, about their audit and Raymond's or Wayman's continuously joyful outlook. Uh, the CCTV cameras behind Joy and Evelyn flash for a moment with messages like establishing connection, and all of a sudden, Wayman suddenly snaps to attention from where he was joking with the customer and begins to move with purpose. But when they return to Evelyn, who looks at the screen, Wayman is back to normal, goofing around with said customer. So something this is a little point. bit funky going on was so just brilliantly done. I love the fact that they just kind of had that shake of the camera 
and then you just saw it. I love that. I loved how also you see this through the movie, but Michelle's character does not see her husband in a good light, really, for the for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Sees him as a bumbling idiot, and then suddenly, when he does change, he she doesn't see it straight away, but. It's just really well done. Sorry. I'm going to say that the whole way through because it's just a brilliant film. <laughs> it's true. It's one of those movies where it's hard to talk about it in any other capacity than it's just really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they do a lot of things incredibly well. Um, but it's, it's again, if you haven't seen it already, pause the podcast, go watch it, and then come back. Do it. <laughs> You're going to get so much out of it uh, going in blind. But, um, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm not usually going to tell people to not listen to my content, but in this situation, maybe, you know, do it after the movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But continuing her theme of not noticing her husband as Evelyn kind of berates him for uh, taking his time fixing the machine that a customer is trying to get his change out of. Uh, Evelyn notices a musical uh, movie playing on the TV where a couple is romantically doing a complicated dance, and she seems entranced by this. Uh, as Joy complains to Becky nearby about how her mom is always indecisive and Gong Gong will die either way, either soon from hearing that his granddaughter is gay or later on. So what does it matter? And hearing that, Evelyn is uh, turns to <laughs> kind of bring everything yeah. to a head when suddenly Gong Gong himself appears in the laundromat depend- demanding breakfast. Uh, Evelyn takes this opportunity, or Joy takes this opportunity to try and introduce Becky, but she can't remember the Chinese word for girlfriend, and instead Evelyn jumps in and refers to Becky as Joy's yo, which is good friend, uh, instead, which upsets Joy because her mother very, is covering up her relationship. It's um, termed very lightly, isn't it? Just, And it's interesting mm-hmm. seeing this whole generational difference, which I think they do really well in this movie. Yeah, there's obviously. there's a lot of like disconnect between not only Joy and her mother, but also Evelyn and her father. And I think mm. you get to kind of see the thread of how that generational difference is carried down in the way that it's affected everyone in that chain, not just like the two immediate relationships. Um, yeah. They do a really good job of kind of balancing that and showing it through the different actions of the characters. Evelyn rushes outside after Jenny Slate's character to invite her to their Chinese New Year's party that is happening tonight in the laundromat, continuing her thread of rushing around trying to do everything. One could say doing everything everywhere all at once for this (laughs) Shock. Crazy. Shocking. Um, And as she does, uh, Joy also exits, and Evelyn rushes after Joy to say something to her, but instead of something heartfelt, which might be what the moment demands, she tells her to eat healthier, she's getting fat, uh, and Joy... Betrayed by this, uh, leaves with Becky as Evelyn heads back inside, helping her dad upstairs and returning to her massive table of receipts and bills and documents. Her husband asks what she's thinking about, and we get our first title word, everything. Everything. Uh, they, <laughs> everything. I really like, it's a little thing, but I love the way that they do these kind of titles to help break up the movie a little bit. You kind of forget the full breakdown of the everything everywhere all at once title into these sections of what the characters are experiencing and at this moment Evelyn is thinking about everything and that brings us into our first section of the film yeah it the way that they've done it with the chapters almost having like the everything everywhere all at once Mm -hmm. is very simple like even the way that they've done it is just the word on the screen like it's just a black screen with the word something where Mm -hmm. it's almost like They've done very little effort 
for the biggest effect. Yeah, it's kind of in because well, it haven't quite gotten there yet. Although it has been a very busy uh, film, we haven't gotten to the part that's visually overwhelming. And I do think that these mm. title pages offer just like a moment for you to pause and remember that you are watching a film and take stock of what you've seen before you jump into the next part that might be crazy and wild. And I think the simplicity is sort of doing a lot of the legwork in that for these titles. So Evelyn and Waymond rush into their auditor's office with Gong Gong, uh, where Evelyn lies to her father as they go in about where they are, telling him it's to start a new location of the laundromat. She's always struggling to get his approval. He never seems happy with her decisions in her life. Um, As they get in the elevator to go upstairs, uh, Waymond spots a a loving couple nearby and looks sad. Uh, But as the doors close, he snaps to attention, turning to throw an uh, an umbrella up in front of a CCTV camera and warns Evelyn that she may be in grave danger. He then puts these funky little like Bluetooth earpieces on her uh, (laughs) and tells her that she has a choice. She can either turn and go to her auditor's appointment as normal or turn the other direction when she gets out of the elevator and go into the janitor's closet. She seems kind of confused and scoffs at him. Um, uh, But there's a moment as these earpieces connect where all the choices she's ever made in her life flash through her mind, her whole life leading up to where she is today in this elevator. And he gives her instructions in the following of the shell shock uh, to follow when she's in her meeting a sheet of paper with them written on the back and he tells her that no one can know about what she's up to not even him because he won't remember and when they hit the 10th floor he returns to his usual Waymond self no gone is the like hyper competent characteristics he's been putting on brilliant brilliant way to introduce this concept like again so simple it's that mm-hmm. buzzing into attention and she's completely shell shock at this point she's completely yeah. like what has happened to my husband he is not this forward normally what's going on so <laughs> yeah i think that's good that they did prime the audience a little bit for this to happen too because we obviously saw the, like wayman snap to attention in the laundromat whereas for evelyn this is the first time that she's experiencing what will later become to be known as alpha wayman um, <gasps> alpha wayman <laughs> But I do think it allows us to be like willing to roll with what's happening in the same way that Evelyn kind of becomes uh, without having to necessarily come at it from Evelyn's point of view. I think it's like they did a really good job of like seeding it exactly enough for the audience to be primed for this to happen um, and then to be rooting for Evelyn to, of course, take the unusual mm-hmm. choices because um, she exits the elevator. And while she does turn to look at the janitor's closet, she continues on to her auditor's meeting uh, where, of course, she does read the instructions provided to her. The <laughs> auditor, who is played by Jamie Lee Curtis, who again is excellent. Oh. <laughs> Just a clap to her. I want to. I want. Okay, we'll talk about her character later, uh, like as we go. But she mm-hmm. was incredible in this movie, and her filmography, stellar. It took me an embarrassingly long time into watching this movie to realize it was Jamie Lee Curtis the first time I saw it. She's just that uh, that good at really getting into the character. I was like, no, that's Deirdre the Auditor. <laughs> Talking about getting into a character, though, um, I, did a lot, I did a lot of research into this movie when I first made my video on it. And mm-hmm. funny enough, when, she, when they were talking about Jamie Lee Curtis, they mentioned how she came to the studio with ways to make a character more realistic so she bloated out her tummy she slumped over she added the the brace to her wrist she added the watch to the brace she added the, <laughs> the 
glasses on the string. She mm-hmm. added all this stuff to her character that wasn't necessarily there to begin with. She added it in to make her character feel more realistic, feel like Deirdre, this this auditor, and to make her a bit more grotesque. But it just the attention to the detail, incredible. Oh, yeah. Consummate professional right there. Like, that's... Mm. That's what you get when you bring Jamie Lee Curtis to play an auditor. And she's uh, perturbed that they've listed a karaoke machine as a business expense and kind of continues to go on and on about Evelyn's many side interests. Uh, But as she's sort of going through this more rote discussion of their finances, Evelyn uh, begins to follow the list of actions provided by Alpha Wayman, switching her shoes to the wrong feet. She closes her eyes and imagines she's in the janitor's closet. And as she does so, her ear pierces pieces power on and Evelyn is transported to the janitor's closet but also she's still at the meeting wait how is that possible um (laughs) it's getting trippy she's many places at once not quite everywhere yet but we got there don't worry the (laughs) the alpha waymond in the closet tells her to go into autopilot in the other universe the meeting universe and explains that he's a different universe's waymond and in his universe a great evil has taken over and he's been jumping to different universes one after the other to find the evelyn that can stop this great evil and it has led him to her she tries to be like oh no i don't have time for this i gotta find someone else uh but when she's pulled back into the audit meeting the auditor (laughs) then goes back to acting like nothing is wrong uh, and explains that the ups and downs of their life in these numbers do not look good so things are falling apart on the one side as her attention is divided between these two places what a what what a terrible time to lose your concentration though like what a terrible time Oh, too many places to be. Really, the timing of this is just... just, um, Waymond in the meeting tries to say that Evelyn is just confusing hobbies for businesses and making an honest mistake, but uh, Deirdre is still intent on making them get uh, charged with something, if not, you know, fraud, gross negligence, something along those lines, which kind of sets Evelyn off a bit as she... Uh, it's like, you're trying to confuse us with all these big words, but before she can really fire back to the auditor, Alpha Waymond pulls her back to the closet. He's there to tell, he tells her that every rejection she's ever had and every disappointment she's ever had has led her here to this moment. And that kind of makes her chuckle for a bit, which she does in both universes and uh, really sort of throws everything off in both situations. But before she can decide if she's going to help Alpha Waymond or not, the closet universe is under attack. Uh, luckily, it's just a burner universe, so she'll still survive even if she gets killed in the closet, um, and she'll know when it's time for her to fight. Uh, as this is happening, Waymond in the auditing meeting is asking if they can resubmit their documents and their taxes, and she's worried he's messing up the audit. Um, but before she can like really get into it, in the closet universe, Evelyn is killed by said auditor Deirdre, who is busted through the door, which prompts her to scream in the universe where she's being audited. And Deirdre then tells Evelyn and Waymond that they can go. They have until she leaves the office tonight at 6 p.m. to bring everything back in and that this is their last chance. So somehow, despite the chaos of this last scene, everything is sort of continuing on as expected. Oh, my cat is here also. Ziggy, don't eat that. Hi. (laughs) We'll see if she makes an appearance. Um, 
As they rush to leave the auditing appointment, uh, Evelyn seems a little shaken, but she starts pushing her father away, and Raymond picks up all of their different papers, including the uh, directions, which are written on the back of his divorce papers. So he thinks that she's seen the divorce papers. She is only looking at the directions. Um, And as they go to the elevator, he tries to be like, did you see these? And she's like, yeah, you know, okay, you're back in on it. Great. Like (laughs) Alpha Wayman's back. He understands. And it's just a lot of miscommunication happening. Um, She sees the auditor, Deirdre, coming back towards them at the elevator. And Evelyn thinks that it's time to fight. So as soon as she approaches, she punches her right in the nose. Uh, But Deirdre was just coming over to return their cart of documents. Uh, (laughs) This was so funny, by the way. This was hilarious. (laughs) It was a feel-good moment, even though you knew it wasn't supposed to be a feel-good moment. Yeah, you're really rooting for Evelyn to get her kicks in here at this point. Um, (laughs) This is also when Wayman shows her the other side of the papers, revealing the divorce papers. And he looks like he's about to start an emotional appeal to her. But then Alpha Wayman takes back over. Uh, Deirdre has called security and Alpha Wayman's like, hey, don't worry, I'm going to take care of it. Um, And as security arrives and get out of the elevator, we get into probably my favorite sequence of the movie. (laughs) It's It's so good. It's just a a glorified fight scene Mm -hmm. mixing martial arts and hip hop. And it's just so fun. Also... Sorry, mm-hmm. something I want to add about this fight scene. Sure. Um, most of this was um, done by the fight coordinator. So uh, Ki Kwan actually swaps out for one of the, mm-hmm. the martial arts guys. Um, but then the final scene, the final shot was done in one shot and it was Ki Kwan doing it. He was sent home to practice that f- this final really intricate intricated movement with the fanny pack by the way that's the main (laughs) weapon of this fight scene a fanny pack great but it's this really long shot of this really integrated wrapping around of the uh, fanny pack going around going around going on the floor and springing up and hitting the guy in the face he did that all in one shot and i think the second shot they did was the shot that they that they used and he did it all himself Literally a two taker, and he did it himself. <laughs> it is for someone who hasn't been on screen for twenty years as well. I'm gonna Seriously, keep on repeating and for that, that complex of like a fight choreography to get that oh. in two takes. Uh, it people will do upwards of ten takes for a scene of dialogue. So to, <laughs> that's that's just impressive. There's not really a better way he, to say it. <laughs> he he. It just proves that he cared about this role, mm-hmm. like. There's someone else that I was going to bring this up later on once we met someone else. Um, Mm -hmm. But you could tell he cared about this role because he had a uh, a lines coach, uh, sorry, a lines coach, an acting coach, a voice coach and a character coach. Like he had all these different coaches just to help him get this role perfect. And I think he also had like a fight coach to help him with that last shot. But like... (laughs) really yeah, shows there's a lot of you really get the sense in this movie that everyone who worked on it cared about it which feels like it should be a no-brainer mm. but there's plenty of films where that isn't the case and i think this is a rare exception where like not only did everyone working on it care about it but everyone did their best day on set and it only worked like it just looks gorgeous yeah. everyone's performances are great all of the elements come together to like really crystallize around that vision um definitely 
But yeah, as you mentioned, Waymond, uh, his fanny pack is going to be the crutch of this whole fight. He takes a stick of chapstick out and very slowly opens it all the way up and eats it, activating his headset. (laughs) Dramatic music picks up. He unclips that fanny pack. And yeah, he just wails on these security guards. Uh, At one point, he reaches into an aquarium and adds handfuls of gravel to the fanny pack to like make it into a deadly weapon. Um, And in the aftermath of his flawless victory the alarms Mm. in the building start going off and he tells evelyn to come with him to live up to her potential uh but she just wants to lie on the floor so she he picks her up and puts her over her shoulder (laughs) what a fairy tale though (laughs) yeah (laughs) i love how much evelyn tries not to get involved in the plot of this movie like in the closet she's like no no i'm too busy come back another day and here where he's like you can just lie there you can come with me she's like i choose to lie here it's okay (laughs) humorous it's just very funny. Uh, back in the janitor closet universe, the evil auditor Deirdre tells the cowering people that are lined up that they are about to meet their great leader, Jobu Tapaki, who has seen all and knows all. And Jobu Tapaki, uh, after playing Duck Duck Goose with these frightened folks, gets to that universe's Evelyn, who is just barely conscious, and kills her. She's not the Evelyn she's looking for. They flip universes uh, until the Jobu Tupaki is a hoodie-wearing person at a bar who is seeing the news of the tax-building assault that her parents are in, um, sitting next to Becky, who's like, isn't that where your parents are? And when she gets up and exits the bar, we see that the hoodie-wearing person is Joy. Joy is Jobu Tupaki. What could it mean? (laughs) What a brilliant introduction to the villain also this (laughs) villain is so cool she's so sassy (laughs) and we 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 will find out more about her in a bit but like she's so Mm -hmm. sassy and i love her like for an acting role sorry i'm gonna say this right now i have all this useless (laughs) information so you will hear it when she did this audition Uh, when, wait, I'm trying to find the actor, Joe Wang. When Joe mm-hmm. Wang did the audition for this role, she did her monologue, but kept on going in and out of character, kept on going in and out of, like, talking to the audience and then being back in herself. And the way that she did this audition was apparently the way that Joby would have been. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, she rocks the audition exactly how they wanted <laughs> it to be. and. I know. What a crazy yeah. thing. Also, she's she in Shang-Chi mean... too. Yes. Yeah. As well as Michelle <laughs> Leo. So they're all there. Yeah. And continuing the trend of everyone in this movie killing it. Like her performance is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got to shout out also the Definitely. costume team because uh, every time that uh, Jobu Tupaki oh. Joy shows up in her all-seeing form she's in a different costume sometimes she changes multiple times per scene into these like wild outfits and they're all outstanding (laughs) brilliant like really nicely really well done and at one point she has a pig but that's later on she just has a pig (laughs) with her don't worry oh we'll touch on the pig (laughs) uh waymond and evelyn fleeing he tries to explain that every decision she's ever made has created a branching universe where different things have happened based on those little decisions uh and also he does take a moment to say like hey your father is okay by the way we've got uh someone surveying him and he's just (laughs) a little cutaway shot to gong gong eating pudding in the break room completely fine such Uh, a mood (laughs) yes so he continues um 
Evelyn's universe is surrounded by slight variations, and the farther away from your universe it you go, the more different it is from where you are. He's from the Alphaverse, the first universe to make contact with the others, and in his universe, Evelyn was a brilliant scientist who discovered a way to temporarily link universal consciousness with each other and gain their skills. So what is called verse jumping, which is going to be how everyone gains abilities in this movie. And that's why he knew earlier how to fight with the fanny pack, because he verse jumped into a universe where I guess he is an incredibly skilled martial artist. Um, with a fanny pack. <laughs> with a fanny pack. Maybe he's like a... <laughs> I guess it's close enough to a weapon conceivably if you had like a whip with the way yeah nunchuck that's what i'm looking for nunchucks maybe maybe he's just a huge ninja turtles fan in another universe and he got really good at it (gasps) (laughs) i love that Mm -hmm. and he can't ask the evelyn in his universe for help because she's dead in fact many of the evelyns are dead they've all been murdered by jobu tupaki uh Evelyn still just wants to be left out of this all, but Waymond explains that Jobu has been building something, some sort of black hole that consumes more than just light and matter, uh, and that's why everything has felt a little off recently, and everyone in all these universes can feel it. That's why your hair never quite falls the same way, why your coffee doesn't taste the same. It's just these little things. Um, and he explains that the Alphaverse's mission is to return everything to normal by finding the one who could stand up to Tobu. <laughs> Jobu Tupaki, my notes auto-corrected it to like 18 different things throughout uh, while I was watching this movie. Uh, Stand up to her chaos. Yeah. So that's sort of the initial plot we're introduced to. That's going to be the driving force behind this movie. Waymond thinks that Evelyn might be this person that they've been looking for. This universe is Evelyn. Um, They make their way through the building trying to escape, but are eventually found by Deirdre, who is uh, being... Uh, possessed by another universe version of herself or something along this line. She's on the attack. Um, she staples a circle to her head and goes in for Ouch. the first jump. <laughs> She's got some sort of Bruce Force situation going on. Uh, and in the Alphaverse, Wayman's team in a little trailer uh, frantically hacks to give him a route to jump to. And they find one where if he does paper cuts between each finger, he can get some sort of uh, gymnastic ability. Firstly, out. Why would you do that to yourself? (laughs) Give yourself paper cuts in between your fingers. Also, how irritating is that afterwards? Like, what are you going to do after the fact? (laughs) He does have a nice moment here where he's like trying to give himself the paper cuts and he's yelling into his headset like, you can only, you never get paper cuts when you want to or when you need to. It's only by accident. Mm. Is there anywhere else I can jump? And there's no other options. Um, (laughs) But he does eventually succeed. And before he can hit his headset to get the verse jump the auditor grabs him and goes in for a pro wrestling backbreaker move uh he uses an exit sign behind his back to dampen the impact but does get thrown out of the room regardless leaving evelyn to fight alone as she picks up his earpieces to try and verse jump herself uh he gives her instructions on the phone she has to profess her love for deirdre the auditor in order to verse jump um she tries to just kind of meekly say i love you a few times but it doesn't succeed and when she jumps she's just in a universe where she went home to finish doing the taxes and is having a very uh sad conversation with her husband about how he wants to go through with this divorce meanwhile she's getting beat up by deirdre in her universe (laughs) there's something really interesting about this scene though Mm -hmm. 
I don't know if you know this, but they're not all in the same scene. Because technically what happened was COVID started, like the lockdown started as soon as they started mm -hmm. filming that scene or something. So Michelle Leo is in Paris in a green screen room. Uh, huh. Kwan is in the, in, in the trailer in that car park actually filming it there. And it's one of the Daniels hand that is Deirdre as she drags her back into the scene. So there's a bit where like, something that they do really interesting in this film is that once they do verse jump into another world or something, mm -hmm. sometimes someone's, someone's hand or something will drag them back even though they're not in the same scene or in the same world. It's really interesting how they do it. But it's yeah. one of the Daniel's hands dragging her back in. So it's supposed huh. to be Deirdre's hands. So she's got Deirdre's jumper on or something, dragging <laughs> him back in, uh, dragging her back in. So. I guess that's better than trying to bring Jamie Lee Curtis in for a day to be like, hey, we're going to shoot the scene. The only thing in it is your hand. Can you just like wait around on set until we get to that shot? Mm -hmm. <laughs> she does try to go to Waymond for help, but he leaves. Um, he doesn't think that she's the right Evelyn after all. Uh, and so she's left only with her regular Waymond. In the go home and do taxes universe, Waymond is upset with her because he, he thinks she would be happier if they had never gotten married. And before she can answer, as you mentioned, Deirdre's hand pulls her back into the <sighs> tax office universe where Evelyn finally, uh, moments before getting a need in the face by a Deirdre who has jumped off of a staircase and is about to, <laughs> to perform another wrestling move on her, uh, succeeds also, at saying I love you. This, yeah. <laughs> sorry, this Please. stunt by Jamie Lee Curtis, though, is actually her doing it she is yes, on strings <laughs> like she said i want to do a stunt myself and this was her stunt that she actually did herself they did a couple tests without her mm -hmm. and then when it came to actually filming the actual scene she did it herself she jumped off and did like the thing she was on strings like very traditional uh old-timey martial arts filming uh yeah. like just incredible. The way that she was just like, I want to do a stunt. Mm -hmm. It's That's just so be, inspiring. Wire work feels like one of those things that while, you know, a little dangerous as any stunt is going to be, it does feel like something that I desperately would want to do at least once just to try, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> I want to fly through the air like in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, so I can't, I can't fault Jamie oh, for amazing. that. We've all been there. <laughs> There's like actual behind the scenes stuff where you just see her swinging on the strings, like going towards <laughs> her with the knee. Yes. Very funny to see it in normal time, but seeing mm -hmm. it in slow motion, this moment was incredible. So incredible. And it's this moment that it gives Evelyn the chance to actually say I love you and successfully verse jump, uh, jumping to a universe where she didn't marry Wayman, she didn't leave her home with him, and instead learned martial arts, becoming a master fighter and eventually a master martial arts action movie star, which is not that far off from Michelle Yeoh's storied career. It's just her. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of where the casting of this I really kind of helps a lot. Uh, because at mm. no point am I doubting that Evelyn could have gained <laughs> these skills. I'm like, yeah, that's Michelle Yeoh. Of course she mm. is a talented martial artist. I think that there is a bit where it's going through like all of the different decisions that she does in this scene where mm -hmm. it eventually is that she's a martial art film star. Yeah. And she, there are some shots of her on the red carpet for Crazy Rich Asians. Mm. And I think it's actually her, which is <laughs> just really, really fun moment because they're actually able yeah. to use her actual past in this film. Mm -hmm. So almost it's like, 
not exactly like her bibliography or whatever, but <laughs> it, it touches on every part of her life. Yeah, which this is, quite is the nice. kind of role like a young actor could never have really pulled off because you do sort of need that mm-hmm. real life uh, gravitas and like <laughs> lived experience, not only for the filmmakers to then be able to use in the movie, which itself is a very cool uh, Easter egg, but also just to like be able to have this experience of wondering like what if your decisions had led you to a different path I think only an older actor could really pull that off I I think about that all the time right now like what if I did this (laughs) what if I did that and I think this movie well we'll talk about later on but this movie really touches on that question of Mm -hmm. what if indeed and what if Evelyn had martial arts ability because now she does and with this new skill she is able to repel Deirdre without much power Uh, without much effort in another very slick action scene Uh, all of the fight choreography in this movie is great they don't do get fall into the trap of like too cutty action they really like let it all breathe which is a very um classic like cinematography style you see in a lot of uh, martial arts films yeah so i'm glad that they like took that influence and really ran with it Evelyn is shaken. She saw life without Wayland, uh, and it was beautiful. And she's like, I should have listened to my father all those years ago, and says that out loud to Waymond, who seems a little hurt. But before he can respond, he's taken over by Alpha Waymond once again. And once more, they're on the move through the uh, IRS building. Firstly, how cheeky. This man comes in, messes up your life, (laughs) makes you a criminal, then leaves. And then you have to deal with the repercussions of it. Cheeky, Ugh. cheeky man. <laughs> Waymond, uh, they they kind of duck into a conference room and Waymond tells her to eat a bagel. You know, you got to you know keep your system up and running. And she ponders going back to live in some of the other universes. And Waymond is like, no, 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 no. If you do more than just acquire like one skill from one verse jump, you could die or worse. Your like mind could melt. Like it's like a... It's like a jug with cracks in it. And if you have too many cracks, it's just going to go crazy. And we don't want that. And Evelyn's like, you know what? Enough. I need more details on what's happening from you. None of this like or worse nonsense. So Waymond explains that in the Alphaverse, they trained many young minds to verse jump, but they had one special potential uh, that Evelyn pushed beyond her limits. It was joy and her mind was fractured so far that now her mind experiences every world every possibility at the same time as a consequence of this she's lost any sense of morality and belief in objective truth and she's the one looking for evelyn so you get our final confirmation that joy is the uh (laughs) villain hopping through these many verses in this movie Mm. Uh, she's experiencing everything everywhere all at once (laughs) it's the movie (laughs) To be honest, though, the way that they incorporate, like, the villain of Joby Deparky and mm-hmm. how she was actually her daughter in this verse, in this universe, is kind of like the generational trauma of trying too hard and mm-hmm. pushing your children not to be what you think they could be, but not necessarily what they want to be. And it pushes them way too mm. far. And in a way, I kind of feel for Jobu. I feel for Joy. Yeah. I do. I say she even goes beyond being just like a sympathetic villain because by the end of the movie we'll see that like maybe she isn't so traditionally mm-hmm. villain character. I don't think this movie is operating on those levels. This is not a if we stop the bad yeah. guy everything will be done movie. It's more about coming to understanding. Um, and and like you said, the, the kind of allegory of Joy is the villain is that Evelyn has to learn why Joy has become this villainous character and 
maybe mm. her role in that happening, which does feed back into that loop of generational trauma. Um, really, and, and at this point, it does sort of play up like, oh, villain going through a murdering spree of Evelyn's. We gotta stop the villain. And as the movie continues, we'll see how maybe there's some more complexity to that relationship and where mm. this is going. Waymond also confirms with Evelyn that she's not the wrong one. Her earlier performance changed his mind and uh, she returns to the movie star universe for just a moment where Waymond is also there uh, at a fancy premiere looking at her <gasps> from afar up the stairs. <laughs> oh, this Oof. Waymond... <laughs> Give me a moment. <laughs> Please take your time. Take your time. Maybe have some, have some Pepsi. <laughs> I will. Let me just sip at my. Uh... <laughs> this Waymond is so glorious. He's just. I think he's my favorite Waymond because he's so he's so wise. But you learn mm-hmm. that later on. He's so wise. Yeah, he's so wise, and I do love that. As we'll see later on, he is still. Waymond like he he seems to be better at verbalizing mm. his philosophy but he is living his life the same way that the other Waymonds are and as they re- reunite in this universe he explains that he saw a billboard with her face on it and wondered if sometimes she remembers him and they have a little moment before boom we're back in the auditing universe uh <laughs> it gets very confusing it does yes gets this is where very the confusing. disclaimer of there's no way for me to summarize this movie in any sort of like <laughs> coherent fashion kind of starts to come in because we're going to be jumping between universes quite a bit there will be times in the summary where i will not call out that we are jumping to another universe because the conversation is fluid throughout um again watch the movie uh but they return to the audit universe where evelyn and waymond are being arrested uh and waymond's connection to the alphaverse is knocked out but before they can be taken from the building someone arrives it's joy dressed as Elvis walking, you guessed it guys, the pig. It's here, it's the back. The pig comes back! <laughs> oh, such a cute pig. Yep, the security officers all try to you know, stop her from continuing, but as she sort of monologues with them, uh, she just busts out of her handcuffs and begins her own action sequence of sorts where she turns them into glitter and <clears throat> fills them with bubbles and all sorts of like crazy effects as she bends this universe to her will and any effect that she chooses easily getting and through uses, the guards um, a specific weapon yes. <laughs> um can i say it on here yeah you can say it she uses a dildo no two dildos mm-hmm. like, like massive ones <laughs> like nunchucks uh <laughs> And you know what? They prove effective because she easily gets through the security guards as Evelyn watches and tries to flee with Waymond, uh, dragging him on the ground. But um, Evelyn kind of realizes in this moment, watching her daughter uh, murder all of these security guards with ease, that joy is the great evil that Waymond was talking about. Um, Waymond warns her not to engage. Joy can't be reasoned with. And uh, Evelyn instead immediately engages with... (laughs) Jobu Tabaki. Because why uh, not? <laughs> of course. She's mad. She's like, hey, it's your fault that my daughter and my universe gets tattoos, drops out of college, likes girls. And that sets Oof. Jobu Tupaki off. She's like, really? In this universe, you're still hung up on me being gay. Um, and Evelyn tries to jump to a fighting universe, but instead she goes off the map, unable to guide herself, and ends up in a universe where everyone has hot dogs instead of fingers. 
Um, <laughs> it's exactly what it sounds like. Everyone has hot dogs instead of fingers. Uh, she's watching the so musical funny. from earlier in the laundromat, <laughs> and they're dancing with the hot dog fingers. And also in this universe, she's married to Deirdre, not Wayne. <laughs> So when she said, I love you, Mm -hmm. it's actually true in some universe. (laughs) In some universe. A jump like this off map would have fried most people's minds, but she's okay if not, if, you know, freaked out a bit. And Evelyn asks Joy (laughs) what she wants from her. She's like, Joy and Joy explains like, why don't I help you open up your mind and does little finger tricks to give her like a visor essentially to look through and shows her... The bagel. (laughs) Joy explains that she got bored one day and put everything, everything onto a bagel. Not only your usual toppings and seasonings, but um, every help wanted ad, every, you know, lizards ever existed, every single thing in the entire universe and every other universe is on this bagel. Hopes and and dreams. Yes. (laughs) Um, And it all collapsed in on itself and became the truth, which to her is nothing matters. Evelyn is a little bit shocked by this. She's like, no, you couldn't possibly believe that. But Joy does. She's been sucked into a bagel, which I'm sure you've all heard that (laughs) at this point. The movie's been out for a minute. Evelyn is about to be sucked into said bagel until her father rolls in and smacks Joy out of the way by just (laughs) sign like Mario Karting. Mario Kart. Oh, it's smashes gong into gong. her. <laughs> it's not just any gong gong too. It's Alpha Gong Gong who has roused Waymond, and they all start to flee the office building. Uh, apparently, Alpha Gong Gong is really the one in charge here because he is unhappy with their performance. Um, and the way that he wakes him up, the way that Waymond is woken up, is lady by smelling his shoe. Yeah, or something he, guess, like that. <laughs> it's like I- I- implying smelling salts, but he only has a shoe on him, so I guess he's just got really sticky feet. I don't know. <laughs> If it works, it works. (laughs) He was out. (laughs) Wayman tries to assure Alpha Gong Gong that this is the Evelyn they're looking for. Um, But Evelyn in this universe, she doesn't understand why. She's like, I'm not good at anything. Uh, You know, I I don't understand how I could be the one you're looking for. But Wayman explains that that's what makes her perfect. She's capable of anything because she's so bad at everything. Ouch. (laughs) Wow. Just imagine being told that you are the worst of yourself. So you could be the mm. best one. Like, yeah, you... I'd be offended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's a little taken aback for a moment there. But before she can, like, dwell on it for too long, Joy knocks on the door. But if this is the real Joy, where's Jobu Tupaki? She's in the Alphaverse. <gasps> oh, no. Gong Gong and Raymond, or Waymond have to return to the Alphaverse to deal with that. Uh, and so they both become their regular selves. Waymond lets Joy into the office that they're hiding in, and Evelyn duct tapes her to a chair and tries to explain everything that has happened to Waymond and Joy. Uh, but, you know, she's not quite sure how to, like, verbalize what's been going on. Uh, and as she goes, she's trying to explain <laughs> the concept of verse jumping, and we get another kind of iconic joke from the movie as she tries to rem- remember Ratatouille and instead comes up with Rakakuni. <laughs> Uh, it's brilliant brilliant <laughs> so funny and the translation error really makes joy and waymond laugh and even gets kind of evelyn smiling a bit you can see like that there is still some love and connection there that they do care about each other uh which is when gong gong comes to and uh evelyn goes over to help him 
and he's like, you have to kill your daughter. It's me, Alpha Gong Gong, and hands her a box cutter. They, he explains that they, by protocol, kill the joys in any universe they come across to give Jobu Tupaki one less universe to draw from. Uh, Evelyn doesn't want to, but she does take the box cutter in her hands, and as she walks over to her daughter, Joy gets nervous, but Evelyn just uses the box cutter to cut the tape, freeing her, and it is at that moment that Gong Gong pulls a gun on them. Absolutely crazy. (laughs) Evelyn's not going to let Gong Gong kill Joy, even in this universe, and she acknowledges that she pushed her daughter too hard and created Jobu Tupaki, so Evelyn decides to change it up in this universe and jumps a whole bunch all at once, thinking that if she can become just like her daughter, maybe she can actually resist her in some way. So she's opening her mind to all the universes in existence. I think she swallows a frog. Yeah, and there's a fight that'll happen in a minute where she kind she of like continues to burst jump by yeah. doing some things. She follows like she follows like a frog statue at one point. Uh, all sorts of nonsense going on. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. As she's jumping through these various universes, she finds one where she's a cleaning lady in this very office and uh, finds that the man who owns it has a sex dungeon of sorts hidden in the back behind the bookcase. So she hits Gong Gong and uses her cleaning lady knowledge to hide them in said dungeon. <laughs> Do you know the, um, the the guy who is the boss there who has the sex dungeon? <laughs> um, that's actually one of the Daniels. Really? That's one of the, the directors. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah yeah that's a pretty if you're gonna have a directorial cameo that's a pretty funny one to put in there now that evelyn is openly in rebellion against the alpha gong gong the alpha verse has all been summoned to try and kill this evelyn so she won't become a new jobu tupaki uh so all of the different folks that are nearby are kind of like activated and told to swarm this building essentially inside of the dungeon evelyn tries to tell joy that she knows why stuff has been feeling off and overwhelming recently but instead of making some sort of resolution about their relationship she continues on about jobu tupaki uh and that to save her she has to defeat her and that just leaves joy feeling more confused and i think a little bit you can see kind of all these moments that evelyn has had a chance to tell joy how she feels about her daughter and instead Mm. falls back on the here and now explanation of what's happening instead the various alpha versers gather outside of the door and evelyn finds a new jump path this one to a world where she is a singer with increased lung capacity and so as they try to fill the room with gas she uses said increased lung capacity to not breathe in any and since the singer is blind uses her enhanced senses to avoid all of the other fighters as she knocks her way out of the dungeon and then takes them all down and this is where she uh, eventually swallows a little frog statue and gains the power of a yes. pizza sign spinner like one of those like advertisement spinners outside of like a strip mall and uses it to great effect to spin like a riot shield around and take out the remaining fighters in the room as joy and waymond exit the dungeon to see her finishing this very impressive combat this fight is beautiful though mm-hmm. like the there's the gas that's kind of like on the floor but it makes it like look really foggy like yeah. almost like a mist and the music from the original uh, sorry so the world that she's um jumped to she's singing mm-hmm. a song she's actually on stage singing at the time and it transfers back to her in this world and the mm-hmm. music of her singing goes over the top and it's just a beautiful very elegant fight it's gorgeous. and it really shows michelle leo in her form in her purest form very beautiful yeah really enough praise cannot be said about the <laughs> fight choreography <laughs> and fight design and fight scenes in this movie they're really 
fantastic. Um, but the three you know, worlders leave uh, fleeing. Evelyn finds herself fighting Jenny Slate and her little dog. Uh, Jenny is using the dog like a whip, but Evelyn shuts it in the fridge, chugs a liter of orange soda, and then jumps into a hibachi universe where she uses her hibachi skills to defeat Jenny Slate um, <laughs> with relative ease. Very funny little fight scene. Pretty breezy to get through. Um, as they start to flee from this, though, the hibachi Evelyn has messed up in the same way that uh, she defeated Jenny, and so her shifts uh, might end up going to the golden boy over in the corner, Chad, who is just a super skilled hibachi chef. And this is the first, like, crack also, in uh, main Evelyn's, like, psyche. <laughs> it's Magnus Bane from the Shadowhunters. <laughs> Absolute king. Sorry, continue. <laughs> And he's got a little raccoon tail on the back of his hat. Maybe it's an accessory. We'll see. As she's pulled back into the main universe, there's a thudding. It's another combatant entering the ring. This guy gives Evelyn more trouble than the others as they fight through the auditor's cubicles, both knocking each other for a loop and losing their respective connections. And so they're trying to fight to do something weird before the other to gain some sort of skills. The alpha jumper spots the awards statues owned by some of the accountants and irs folks and we didn't mention the, no. the shape of them did Would you we? like to tell the audience what shape <laughs> these take <laughs> um so there's a theme of dildos mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but the the trophies are all dildo shaped mm-hmm. but yeah yeah. Big ones, small ones. <laughs> He's trying to put it up his butt. Evelyn realizes this. Also, Joy and Wayman, who are watching, realize this. And they all sort of are fighting to keep him from doing so. Uh, Joy and Wayman keep trying to suggest <laughs> some other things Evelyn could do <laughs> to jump, to, to verse jump. Uh, before she can pull off anything weird, another security guard appears jumps onto said trophy and becomes an incredibly skilled Mm-mm. sumo uh, wrestler. But as he does, Evelyn pulls off her own weird trick and becomes a martial artist once again. The first guy also puts something else up his butt, and now they're all fighting in a martial arts smackdown as Evelyn is thrown through multiple universes trying to pull whatever skills she needs. Uh, Eventually, (laughs) there's a shot where one guy goes jumping over her and the other tries to sweep the legs, and in that moment, she is able to remove both objects from their butts, removing their verse jump ability. Uh, multi-talented <laughs> as she does gong gong comes out of nowhere and traps evelyn trying to blow them both up with a grenade but she jumps into a universe where she has mastered the art of pinky kung fu and again breaks free um more fighting always very stylish this movie really understands how to do good action uh, and in the rubble evelyn struggles to keep it together as waymond rushes to help her but this time <gasps> alpha waymond he's back he tells her that her stupid little plan to save her daughter has pissed off everyone across the, all the universes, but it just might work. Meanwhile, Jobu Tupaki arrives at Wayman's uh, truck in the Alphaverse. And so in his dying moments, he thanks Evelyn for the limited time that they had together. Uh, they share a little kiss and then normal Wayman returns. Uh, at that point, <laughs> Jobu Tupaki raccoon joy as evelyn has taken to calling her returns to the scene uh where evelyn swears to defeat her squares up only to have her mind splinter and she vomits a bunch as uh, she falls her mind is overwhelmed and dies 
we get a the end title card and the credits start but then we zoom out and see that we are in fact watching the movie that movie star evelyn was in um movie star evelyn rushes out of the screening searching for her daughter which is something she begins to do in every universe including one where she rushes into a kitchen and sees chad with rakakuni who is controlling him the greatest like little addition little easter egg yeah, ever i little think plot <laughs> not even a b plot like a c mm-hmm. f plot um f z plot <laughs> yeah there's a lot of plots in this movie, and somehow they all seem yeah. to be perfectly fine-tuned. Um, but after jumping a bunch, Evelyn finds herself at her table sorting receipts in her laundromat, uh, where she can see the various choices she can make split in front of her. She can place a receipt in the pile on the left or the right, for example. And we get our second title card of the movie, Everywhere. We're in the, the second section. It's the So evening. much more to do as well. <laughs> so much more (laughs) um it's the evening of the chinese new year party that they're having at the laundromat um joy and becky arrive uh except now evelyn sees everything and joy joe butapaki knows it um joy and evelyn walk through some various universes as they continue to talk evelyn is everywhere just like joy now and she's like yep then i'm gonna defeat you so joy lets her punch her and then they fight a little but it doesn't really go anywhere i mean it goes across many universes but they end up at a net zero before uh <laughs> joy like lays back in the couch as wayman comes into their the normal universe and he's like what's going on but they both talk him down and he goes back to setting up for the party reminding evelyn to take their tax documents to the auditors before deirdre goes home for the day um Joy and Evelyn sit down to have a conversation so Joy can explain why she was looking for Evelyn through all these universes, and then they drop into the bagel universe, which is like this white temple, all kinds of crazy, like, makes me feel uniforms. a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think it's supposed to. <laughs> it's not a comfortable <laughs> universe. Um, yeah. Evelyn just wants her Joy back, her daughter back, but you can't separate only one Joy from Jobu Tapaki. They're all part of her and she knows what it's like to be Evelyn's joy to be in the box of doing what is right um, for her and like what her mother expects of her and so she wants Evelyn to look into the bagel and understand what joy Joe Buchipaki has been going through and talking about um, Evelyn is exposed to the bagel experiences a multitude of universes and finds herself at the New Year's party um there joy watches uh and explains that she wasn't looking for evelyn to kill her she was looking for someone who could see the same things that she jobu chapaki sees and feel what she feels Uh, everywhere everything all at once you know the whole thing (laughs) the movie coming together wow uh in the movie star universe waymond and evelyn talk in an alley as he sort of ponders what would have happened if they had left together all those years ago and Evelyn returns to the audit universe, coming back to she's back online. She's survived, even if she is surrounded by all of these alpha versers, uh, despite having looked into the bagel. With her new understanding that nothing matters, Joy's philosophy, uh, she tells the auditor in their meeting to shut up. Uh, in the movie star universe, you know, Wayman is like, maybe we should have opened that laundromat. And she's like, oh, why? So we could be miserable together. Um, 
And she gets up on the mic at the New Year's party and talks about going around in circles, signs the divorce papers in front of everyone, and as the auditor shows up to seize their assets, uh, <laughs> it just kind of starts to lose it. Uh, she reveals Rakakuni mm. in that universe. She's just starting to kind of go off the handle wherever she is. Nothing matters, she, so why should yeah, she care she's... about maintaining any front? She starts to see that, as you said, nothing really matters. So when she's been so uptight this whole time, mm-hmm. tried to be the traditionally good girl for, for her father, trying to keep everything on top and going, she's finally been able to have this release and it's like a breath of fresh air for her. She's finally able to not mm-hmm. care. And it's great for her. Yeah. And it, she just kind of, it's like when kids are finally old enough to drink or they're finally old enough to have some responsibilities and then they go from having no responsibilities all the way to having everything. But now it's like having all the responsibilities to not having to care about anything. Mm -hmm. Nothing matters. Nothing will get in her way. Exactly. She's kind of having a teenage rebellion of sorts and almost not only just like echoing what Jobu Tabaki is feeling, but you kind of get the sense that maybe she's starting to understand where her own daughter is sort of mm. rebelling from. But before she can get too into the the nothing matters of it all, Waymond in the audit universe tries to calm her down and a million Evelyn and Waymonds flash by. Uh, Evelyn betraying him and everyone, including stabbing him with some glass shard in the audit universe. Every single yeah. universe is screaming for her attention with a lifetime full of fractured moments where she only gets bits and pieces. Um, and after having let loose in this way, Evelyn flashes through every universe in an incredibly, like, tech- from a technical standpoint, this sh- this sequence is so wildly impressive. Because the amount of different shots mm. of Michelle Yeoh in different, completely different styles and appearances that you need to pull this off at the scale at which they did is wildly impressive. <laughs> Like some of the things, some of the faces and some of the um, appearances she's had, she she was an aquarium, I think she was like an aqua lady, she was a mm-hmm. pharaoh, she was the a sphinx, she was an uh, astronaut, she was a chef, like every context, she was an alien, she was like a cat woman as well, she was like a, a like yeah. half cat, half woman. It was just like incredible. There are these projects where uh, people send out digital like media things being like make something of this file and you see all these different montages of what everyone else has done so I bet they did that they were just like Mm -hmm. take this scene make it what you think it could be (laughs) because I bet there's like thousands of those oh yeah like and you could pause the movie like if you just let it go and like pause it at some point you get a different shot every time it's so deeply complex and they're all gorgeous (laughs) also Mm-hmm. there's the Brighton in one of them is a Brighton Pier I think I can't remember huh. if it's now but the Brighton Pier the the burnt down Brighton Pier is there so when I was watching this in the cinema with all my friends uh, we saw it and we went because <gasps> we're like in Brighton as well it was one of those moments where we were like oh we know that place oh, so it was that. very impressive <laughs> very cool but despite all these various universes in which she could end up she decides to turn into a rock as Rock Evelyn and Rock Joy share a moment of quiet together in a universe where life never really developed. Um, And they do the sequence silently with just like text on screen to represent what the rocks are saying to each other. Uh, Evelyn apologizes to Joy about everything and Joy goes on about how small and stupid everything is in the face of, well, everything. Um, 
She's sad because she was hoping Evelyn Rock would see something she didn't in the bagel. Um, And back in the bagel room, Joy explains that she built the bagel to destroy herself because she wanted to see if she could actually die. Now she doesn't have to do it alone, and she wants Evelyn to go with her as she takes Evelyn's hand to walk into the bagel. Before they walk in, Evelyn comes back to the party universe, watching her husband argue with the auditor, thinking that he's making things worse. But instead, the auditor, Deirdre, decides to let her go, uh, and Waymond assures her that everything is going to be okay, that he talked to the auditor, and they have one more week to do this whole meeting. Uh, And this little moment kind of ticks her off that something is there. Um, as Waymond sets to cleaning up the broken glass uh, from where she had freaked out and shattered the window of their laundromat. Um, and we in the movie star universe, uh, Waymond tells her that universe's Evelyn that um, maybe he is too sweet in too cruel of a world. Uh, and we see that kind of Waymond's philosophy in this scene as we flash between different universes of Waymond and Evelyn, where... Um, Waymond is always the one talking everyone down, uh, and even though he doesn't know what's going on, he feels like everything is his fault, he chooses to be positive. That's his way of fighting, his way of surviving. This scene is beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, This is why Waymond, like all the Waymonds are my favorite characters, because of this philosophy. And it's so clearly shown when our Waymond is clearing up the glass very simply just doing it because he wants things to work out mm-hmm. and then in the movie uh the movie waymond he has this philosophy and he's explaining this philosophy and you're it's cutting back and forth between our waymond and his waymond and movie waymond and you're like yes waymond's been like this through the entirety of the movie this is the way he works the the googly eyes is something that is like mm-hmm. brought into this as well and it's just like how simply, how he just wants everything to be okay and you just feel for him. Mm. And you just want him to, you start to understand him. And I think she starts to understand him a lot more now in yes. this moment. Yeah, you get the sense that she kind of finally understands. Because up till now, you get the idea that she's viewed him as trivial almost. Um, the way that he looks at things annoying. is unproductive, annoying. And I think this moment kind of crystallizes for her. Like, no, he was also fighting in his own way. We just have different st- glass half full, glass half empty. We have different ways of mm-hmm. trying to make our way through a world that we don't understand and we can't do anything about. Um, he asks Evelyn to be kind uh, and pulls her attention back to the <laughs> tax building universe in front of a dramatic staircase in an atrium where Joy has arrived, uh, pointing to a the bagel, putting it at the top of the stairs. The Alpha Universe people prepare to square up to fight Evelyn to stop her from get, letting Joy walk into the bagel. Uh, but Evelyn just takes Wayman's hand. She flashes through all of the good moments of the two of them. And in the movie star universe, he tells her, uh, in another life, I would have really liked just doing laundry and taxes with you. Um, she hugs my heart (laughs) adorable she hugs her husband in the party universe laughs with him in the tax building universe like it's clear that they love each other and that he is the positive influence she needed to see the good in the bagel Um, (laughs) she unclenches her fist uh, and joy pulls her back into the plot quite literally reaching across and pulling her through universes Um, now back in the tax building uh 
The bagel has started to suck in everything around it, and Joy is going to it, but Evelyn can't let that happen, steps in her way. Uh, Before she can get up there, though, she has to fight all the alphas, although Waymond begs her to stop fighting. Uh, And so Joy is able to just step right over her as the alphas all hold Evelyn down. The auditor Deirdre goes to (laughs) take out Evelyn (laughs) uh, with another flying jump from Jamie Lee Curtis. But as she swings with her, I think it's like the blade part of like a paper cutting machine or something like that. Like a slicer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Outside of the party universe, the auditor Deirdre is sitting there as Evelyn and her talk about their divorce situations and how lovable bitches like them make the world go round. Evelyn (laughs) remembers the hot dog universe and she's like, you aren't unlovable and pulls her into a hug in every universe. Uh, Evelyn is going to fight like Waymond against all these alpha universers. Um, They all go to attack Evelyn at this point, who is now reconciled with Deirdre uh, and she stops a bullet fired at them turning it from a bullet into a googly eye that she puts on her forehead, the Yay! opposite of the bagel. It's the white with the black in the center instead. Uh, <gasps> I've never I've never noticed that. Like throughout this whole film, there are so many references to circles mm-hmm. and to bagels and to things like that. And that was something I was going to reference earlier, but I forgot. There's so many references to circles and stuff. I completely didn't realize that the googly eyes were was an extra thing. It was the reverse bagel. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> it's wow. Raymond's kind of the opposite okay. of that nothing matters, right? Like if, if the bagel philosophy is nothing matters, so we should just be bitter about it. Wayman's philosophy is, well, nothing matters, so we should do our best with it. And that's what the oh. googly eyes represent. In my mind, I mean, I'm not the, I didn't make this film. I can't speak to that, but. No, it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense that that is, that that could be, well, if it is Wayman's, <laughs> It's a contrast. If that is Wayman's um, signature move or signature logo, if mm-hmm. you could say, like it makes more sense that it would be the reverse of the bagel where you should care because everyone needs to be kind. Mm-hmm. Oh, Wayman. <laughs> oh. And embracing that philosophy, Evelyn is now trying to reach Joy, fighting with kindness. Uh, in the Rock universe, we see Rock Evelyn trying to roll towards Rock Joy, now wearing Rock googly eyes. Uh, she's fighting her way up the stairs, quote unquote, by bringing Joy to all the Alphaversers, correcting their chiropractor, giving them the things that make them happy, whatever those things may be, until uh, eventually Gong Gong gets up from his wheelchair and turns it into like <laughs> a transformer. Like Transformer? A, like a straight up like exosuit. It's like a Ripley and Aliens, mm. you know? <laughs> um, a mecha. A Power Ranger yes. mecha. <laughs> As Evelyn reaches out to grab a hold of Joy, uh, trying to, to get her hand. She even in other universes is helping the different people that she hurt in her little uh, outburst, helping Rakakuni guy find his raccoon. <laughs> the moment you all needed mm-hmm. to see Rakakuni come back. We have to know Rakakuni is okay. Joy approaches the bagel as Alpha Gong Gong intercepts, and in the party universe, Gong Gong says that Evelyn isn't his daughter as Robot Gong Gong tries to squeeze Evelyn, uh, and the sadness kind of creeps in until eventually she finally confronts her father, saying that, you know, even if he let her go, she's not going to do the same for her daughter. She's going to break this cycle of generational trauma however she can. Um, and she, in a moment of boldness, introduces Gong Gong to Becky and introduces her as Joy's girlfriend. 
uh, which causes Joy to run off, Evelyn going after her into the parking lot as uh, Alpha Gong Gong lets go of Evelyn in the audit building universe, letting her continue to try and catch Joy. A real feel-good moment. Real feel-good moment. Uh, and there is a shot in here somewhere where we see Gong Gong and Becky kind of like getting along a little bit. Uh, so, you know, you get the sense that like it's not a total wash. There's some care still there. Evelyn rushes to catch Joy, uh, grabbing her moments before she rushes into the bagel and standing before it. Uh, they square up to fight. Joy squares up to fight, I should say. And Evelyn squares up to hug with some really neat little choreography of like hey, arms opening uh, after the, all the warm up poses. Uh, mm. And they go back and forth through a few universes together until eventually Evelyn tells Joy to stop calling her Evelyn. She's her mother. And with that, she pulls Joy away from the bagel. They flash to the party universe, and in the parking lot, Joy yells at her mother to stop. She's tired. She doesn't want to hurt anymore. And when they're together, they hurt each other. So shouldn't they just go their separate ways? Shouldn't you just let me go? And in the moment, Evelyn agrees. She lets go. Joy starts to go into the bagel. But then parking lot Evelyn uh, goes to Joy and berates her for never calling, even though they have a family plan, getting a tattoo, etc., etc. Why would she want to be here with her? It doesn't make any sense. But maybe there is something that explains why Joy went looking for her through all these universes and why Evelyn always wants to be here with her, even if it doesn't make sense. This moment is so raw. It's very It's touching. a really raw. Yeah. I cried. Yeah, absolutely. Many times. <laughs> It was even the second time, like, I knew it was coming, and I'm like, oh, get, get the tissues ready. It really, like, sound, uh, it doesn't sound like me and my mum, but, like, you have those mm-hmm. moments with the people you love. Yeah. Um, you always have those moments where you, there's, like, that miscommunication. You don't necessarily always understand each other, but as they work out, like, they are family. They'll always be there for each other, even if you have to go through several minutes of a bit of traumatic. <laughs> jump first thing to get there but yeah. it's that pure raw moment of mm-hmm. we may not be perfect we may not be perfect but we're here right now mm-hmm. and i love you and that's all I, that matters really yeah it's it's a beautiful very real and grounded moment in a movie that is full of very yeah. fantastical ideas um Joy, also in on this moment, uh, is crying and asks, why not go somewhere where your daughter is more than this? But Evelyn cherishes the few specks of time where everything makes sense. And we see more of those few specks of time where everything makes sense. The uh, auditor, Deirdre and Evelyn, like share a smoke outside of the shop together, uh, have a little laugh. Gong Gong and Becky meet each other and get along. Evelyn and Waymond uh, in the movie land reconcile. Rakakuni is <laughs> recaptured. Yeah. Rock, Evelyn goes after Rock Joy and everyone is reaching for that like flash in that moment that, that makes sense. Um, Joy, too, reaches out of the bagel and hugs her mother and uh, asks Evelyn if she still wants to do the party. And Evelyn tells her that they can do whatever they want. Nothing matters. Um, Fade to black, back to the pile of receipts. Uh, This time, as opposed to just Evelyn sitting alone buried in them, the whole family is putzing around, helping Evelyn sort them all. We've entered the last moment, part three, um, all at once. 
Becky has given them a ride to the auditors. This time, Joy has gone with them and inside. Uh, Joy breaks off to go to the bathroom. Uh, Waymond goes to follow her, but before he leaves, uh, Evelyn takes his fanny pack and gives him a little kiss. It's so cute, this moment, because they... After all this whole time with our Waymond and how shy he's been Mm -hmm. and how insecure he's been in the relationship, because there's been so many years. Yeah. It's finally nice to see them actually care for each other. And and Evelyn is shy too. She puts her head down, grabs his hand and pulls him in. It's just really cute. Like you, yeah. it's like one of those moments where it's like kids pulling each other's hair or something to be like, <laughs> oh yeah, I have a, I have a crush on you. It's like yeah. that innocence of their relationship mm-hmm. blooming again. It's very yeah. beautiful. You feel like you get a sense of what their relationship was likely like when she chose to leave with him in the first place. And this time when they bring in their taxes, Deirdre is much happier with them. She's like, well, there's still a few issues, but nothing that kind of stresses Evelyn the same way it did before. As she sort of zones out and hears clips from different universes, the auditor, uh, Deirdre, snaps her back for a moment. And as this time she asks what was happening, uh, Evelyn's like, oh, I'm sorry, what did you say? And she's smiling through it all, and we go right to credits. Oh, (laughs) such an incredible movie. It's so beautiful, so simple, but at the same time, so Mm -hmm. intricate and complicated. And it talks about family in the center Mm -hmm. of it all. It's just, I think it might be one of my favorite movies of the year, if not all time, because I could watch it multiple times easily uh, i think it does and i think this is kind of jumping into the final thoughts part but we're we're there and normally oh, okay. i ask like <laughs> would you recommend the audience watch this movie but i think that's a pretty resounding yes from both of us um <laughs> mm-hmm. you should watch this movie it's fantastic but i think something that it does exceptionally Do it. well and the reason that it succeeds in the way that it does is it's not just an innovative kind of sci-fi concept uh that's well executed but at the core of this movie is like a very grounded real story about a family struggling and finding that love for each other again uh despite any dressing around that that part of the story is told incredibly well and so no matter like how complex the verse jumping gets or how many different universes we see there is still this incredibly tight realistic thread to grab onto and to follow and that like emotionally pulls you through the whole movie it's just masterfully done and not to like knock the sci-fi parts because they're also fantastic like verse jumping is such a cool concept (laughs) i think they execute it really well you're never like unclear about how the logistics of anything works you know exactly how much information you need to and it looks visually stunning the fight choreography is awesome the cinematography is great i could go off about the costumes for hours (laughs) it's just like there's nothing to point to and be like, I think they could have improved that because I really do think everyone in this movie did their best day on set. Yeah, no, definitely. Like one thing I want to just add is that mm-hmm. the cast is so brilliant. It's just brilliant. Like even with Evelyn and the way that they wrote Evelyn's the, the character of Evelyn, mm-hmm. she is not a superhero. She's not a model. She's not a martial art movie star. She is just a mother in the simplest terms. Not a very good one at the beginning, but by the end, she's learned to accept her history and learn from her past so she can go forward with her future with her daughter. And mm-hmm. it's just, in its purest form, a family movie. And as you said, a- along with the sci-fi and the <laughs> futuristic elements to it, it starts very simple 
And I think it surprises many people because you go mm-hmm. in and you're just like, oh, it's a, it's a family suffering with uh, going to an auditor's place. And then suddenly it just surprises you with all these little snippets of... I don't even know how to explain it sometimes because <laughs> this movie is so intricate with everything mm-hmm. in it all at once. Yes. Ah. <laughs> Title's very accurate. <laughs> Sorry. No, I think they do an incredible job too of like as much as they are jumping to these different settings and snippets uh, using ones that while they might seem funny or like a joke at first like with the hot dog hands universe uh pulling that all together to kind of feed into the the core plot that they're pulling us through because again that like hot dog's hands ends up being how evelyn and deirdre are able to connect because that universe has a moment of like connection for them even if it's a little silly um and so they do a really good job of like balance selecting where they're pulling from even if they are showing us glimpses of all Mm. these different places the ones that they choose to focus on they're very selective with yeah there's no like um loose why loose strings at the end Mm -hmm. is that the right phrase there's no loose Loose uh, strings at the end loose threads there's no (laughs) loose threads at the end of this movie um which is so satisfying because you mm-hmm. always find when you have a movie there's always like loose threads or things aren't really explained and with the sci-fi element you don't need to explain it you just kind of accept it and go yeah that's how it works and enjoy the film for what it is yeah. so exactly it's just it's fantastic there's not enough good things i could say about this movie <laughs> mm-hmm. um but I think on that note, uh, we've decided definitively that if you've made it through this much of the podcast, you really should hit pause, <laughs> go back and watch the rest of, go watch the movie and then come back here uh, or just finish it up and watch the movie. Either way, watch everything everywhere all at once if you haven't seen it, even if you already have, go revisit it. Um, but Kez, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a blast. Uh, if our listeners want to hear more oh, from you. you, where can they find you? Uh, I'm Keza Henshin on YouTube. As you said before, I do tokusatsu content. So I talk Power Rangers and Super Ooh. Sentai. So if that's <laughs> something you like, uh, find me at Keza Henshin on YouTube. But also watch and listen to this podcast. Listen to it. It's incredible. <laughs> Aww, watch you. it now. Listen to all the other episodes. <laughs> and also the way that you went through the whole movie. And I think you did the movie synopsis pretty well. So claps to you. Thank you. you. Thank you. This was, um, you know, I've done a few of these synopses now, but this movie was one of the harder ones to synopsize. (laughs) Not because it is hard to follow in any way, but just as there's so much happening. Uh, But I'm really glad you picked it because it's uh, just so wonderful to revisit and talk about. Um, But definitely check out. I was... (laughs) Sorry. No, I was just going to say that when you asked me to be on this podcast, you were like, choose a film. And I was just like, well, there's this film, there's this film, and there's this film. And Daz was just like, what about everything, everywhere, all at once? You really like that film. And I was just like, it's happening. I don't care. (laughs) This is the film we're going to talk about now. No other films will fit it. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I've... I've because this content is great. If you guys enjoy this podcast and enjoy from where you should definitely check it out. Uh, watch the reaction video <laughs> that I, me and the OS oh, speaker no. were in. Let's <laughs> great. Your editing was awesome on that. Um, <laughs> but that'll all be linked in the thank show you. notes below. You can check her out. Uh, Kez, thank you again for joining me today. This was a blast. Uh, and we'll, I'm you. off to verse jump to a universe where I'm not a podcaster. Maybe someone's going to verse jump here because I need to do some morning announcements or something. But Ooh. either way podcast is coming to an end we'll catch you all on a future episode and thanks for listening bye
thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Movie Struck. We'll be back on December 12th with another thrilling installment, but if you miss us before then, feel free to email us at moviestruckpod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. And if you really enjoyed the show, consider becoming a patron for access to bonus monthly movie reviews that are selected by patrons, a exclusive Morbius episode that'll be patron exclusive for another month, and uh, more cool content as well as exclusive Discord channel access. You can find links to all that and my guest Kez's content in the show notes below. And thank you for listening. I'd like to give a special thank you to all the patrons who joined us in October. It's because of you guys that this podcast is possible, and I really appreciate all of your support. So thank you to Nicole Gray, The Narrator, Emma Turner, Pickly Poops, Tara Carpenter, Oliver Speck, L.R., Madeline Mason, Paul Panther, Sebastian Milan, and Andrew Boggs. Thanks, guys, to you and everyone else who is supporting the podcast on Patreon. You help my cat, who is very noisily attempting to attack the wheel of a suitcase right now. Uh, Keep the lights on. (laughs) Thanks for listening.